Hello and welcome back to another episode of Yours, Mine and the Truth. My name is Travis Walashin and this is a podcast about the texts of my youth and a reevaluation of their worth and merit with an old friend from some point in my life and boy do we have a good show for you tonight. But before we get to that, tonight, today, you know, this afternoon, this morning, whatever time you're listening to it, we got a good show. But before I get to it, we, uh, or I should talk about my other shows here on the Palm Podcast Network. Uh, well, I guess one other show here on the pod, on the podcast network, and that is Gideon Guys, that I do with my buddy Johnny Hedgepath. We just made a triumphant return last week uh, with uh, uh, an ongoing look at DC's Legends of Tomorrow. We've started season two. That's where we did last week, and uh, it's back, and it's happening, and it's fun, and I recommend it. You guys check it out here on the Palm Podcast Network, as well as the other great shows here that you can find um wherever you find your podcasts otherwise you should go to youtube and you should go to um just do a quick search for mystery titans theater volume two because we have put together eight shows so far me and the aforementioned johnny hedgepath these are live watch alongs of random wwf cards and oh man i'm so excited for when we are going to be recording uh tomorrow i'm recording this right now on friday and on saturday we try to we get together every other Saturday, and we're going to be watching uh, the last of our Philadelphia cards. And boy, oh boy, are we excited to see. Uh, this is the first one where we're actually picking out a card because we know of a match that's coming up. It was a tag match with Bruno San Martino and uh, Paul Orndorff against Rowdy Roddy Piper and Cowboy Bob Orton. So that should be awesome. Look for that. Mystery Titans Theater, Volume 2. All right. Yeah. So today... We are returning to the genre of popular music, and uh, especially in particular 90s popular music. A guy who's still an artist who's still recording, that is Peter Gabriel. An artist who, uh, yeah, I really, really enjoyed his work in the 90s and I guess late 80s, as well as now. You know, I I just don't follow him as much. I don't uh, keep up with his work as much as I used to, but there was a live album that came out in 1994 from the tour of 1993 the secret world tour and uh, that's what i'm going to be talking about today with my friend from red deer college the theater program she was in the costume design adele Schatzschneider, uh somebody who uh, came upon mr gabriel in an interesting way and she will tell you all about that and we will share our thoughts and i'm excited for you guys to revisit peter gabriel secret world live here on yours mine in the truth
Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Yours, Mine, and the Truth. My name is Travis. I am so excited here. You know me. I, I, I don't know why I'm introducing myself because I'm excited uh, to be here with my old friend uh, Adele Schatzschneider, who I went to uh, as the third person from Red Deer College I've, I've had here, and she was in uh, the costuming department. Is that correct? Is that is that proper? Uh, term because I, I, I remember one because it's, it's wardrobe in film and film you call it wardrobe you don't call it costume and I remember I was calling it costume for the first couple times when I was on set and I felt like such a goof um, but uh, now she's an, an amazing artist uh, I love your work I, I want to provide links to it afterwards um, hi how are you how you doing I'm doing great thanks how are you Good, good. I'm excited uh, to talk about uh, what we're going to talk about today. This is an artist who was kind of, this is really interesting to me because this artist was passed forward, paid, kind of pushed forward to me by a friend from a previous episode, Colin Lau. Um, and he like loved Peter Gabriel. Love, love, love Peter Gabriel. What we're talking about the artist is Peter Gabriel. Um, and he got me into it around this time. Like this is close to when I, when this album was coming out. Uh, which is 94, 95. I graduated in 95. Uh, I met you uh, later 95. And we were in school through 97. Um, and uh, yeah, I was way into Peter Gabriel then and, and this era of Peter Gabriel and, and, and this album, this live uh, album. This is probably uh, one of uh, top five in terms of me of live albums I've played again and again in my life. Um, in terms of Peter Gabriel, the artist, uh, like kind of since then, I just, I, I, I kind of followed him, but not as much as I was at, at, at this point. Um, uh, so it's great to go back, uh, even though this is still kind of the, when I do listen to Peter Gabriel, this is the era that I listen to the most. Um, but so that's me and this artist now, before we get into this specific uh, text and concert and concert film. Uh, I wanted to say that this artist was passed forward to me because I know how you got into Peter Gabriel. It's kind of why I, I asked you to come here. Uh, so uh, please inform the viewers. <laughs> <laughs> well, so the reason I got into it is because we were filming, can I even say the name of the film? Sure, who cares? <laughs> Naked Frailties. Which oh, was a feature this, film, yep. Yeah, feature film that we did at, at Red Deer College mm -hmm. back in 97. Um, started around February, I think. Sounds right. And, uh, and um, it, you played it a lot on that set, especially when we were at the Bauer house. Oh, yeah. All the mm. scene for it. Um, wow. Yeah, that's I remember. When, that's when that, that came into my little sphere of influence. Cool. Um, and so how much have you listened to him since? Do you still, are you, do you still follow him as an artist at all? Um, yes and no, yeah. like vaguely. Um, mm -hmm. This album would be the only album, no, I own two Peter Gabriel albums. Um, the other one that I own is um, I'll Scratch Your Back. Yes, or, yeah, 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 which is really cool. We'll talk about yeah. that in a sec. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and so that was way later, that was like probably at least a, a decade later, a decade and a bit, was it probably 2008? That came out in 2010. 2010, wow, yeah, almost two decades later. Um, uh, and so yeah, uh, or more than two decades. I'm trying to do the math in my head here. Uh, um, maybe it isn't. Who knows? <laughs> Sixteen years. I think that sounds about right. Uh, 
so so yeah um we're going to talk about not we're going to talk about the album secret world live which is an album that came out in uh 1994 and there was a concert film for it uh it was mostly it was from a tour the secret world tour that was in support of us uh us is a is a okay so again so peter gabriel albums i own probably three or four this one us a greatest hits and probably a passion of the christ soundtrack i probably have it somewhere in my my cds um but again, and I didn't really follow him too much after this, which is uh, weird because I loved how uh, weird he was. Um, but I think there's something, I guess we'll, we'll get more into it though. But, but he, was, he was cool as fuck. He was super cool at a time in, in like, uh, for just like a good little period there of like five or six years where, especially in the, in the early 90s when grunge was cool and somehow, for some reason, uh, mature rock was still cool, but but it just kind of vanished uh, after after a while. Like it was this, it was like this, and the REM, and like maybe like uh, like Octoon Baby and Zoo Ropa, that kind of like that 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 wouldn't you wouldn't call grunge, but it was still hip, and and you know uh, people were were still into it, right? Um, and so, the, but with that came a curse i think with him in particular as an artist is i think he kind of falls into a category like adult contemporary some people kind of see him that and i think there are some songs that we'll see tonight i mean um as an artist uh i don't know like so it sounds like we kind of have the same experience we'll, we'll talk i guess well, let's get into him as a guy first uh, without like so he started in genesis did you listen to early genesis at all not a lot of genesis yeah uh, yeah I, I i i like i remember like they got bigger once uh he left and phil collins became their phil uh, lead singer um but their early stuff is really weird and really different and uh i love i didn't i don't know a lot of it but again this is stuff that my friend colin got me into uh, the Lamb Dies Down on Broadway is a double album that's incredible and really stands up and is really out there. And I have like, I remember I took home a live uh, uh, record that was so scratched up for my old drama teacher in high school. He said I could have it that uh, has like five songs on it. And just the cover, they were just like so out there. It looked like they were just so experimental and so different and just really weird progressive rock, especially that kind of... Uh, I don't know what the other, uh, I know that uh, that album that Lamb Dies Down Broadway is really kind of looked at as like, yeah, this was kind of a, an important piece, but I don't know what the rest of it was looked at because they were just so weird and different, right? Just kind of off the beaten track, not uh, generally included in those, uh, you know, best male rock vocalists. Like this is a Grammy he was, he was up for for this tour. And it's so funny in seeing some of the names and that's, uh, who do you think is the, uh, the current, like this blew my mind. Did you do any of this research? Who would you say is the current holder of best male rock vocalist Grammy? If you had to guess. I have no idea. Dave Matthews. So I'm like, what? <laughs> like, so what the, what, the, what the hell is this? And then I realized, okay, so they stopped giving it out in 2004. I'm like, yeah. okay, that makes sense. <laughs> Um, but it was just so it just, it just started like if you look at like so he was nominated from uh, this album uh, one song uh, uh, Red Rain that we'll get to but he's never won but you see like Lenny Kravitz wins it four years in a row it's so weird uh, but anyway so he 
he goes on to have a solo career. He has these four solo CDs that are really that kind of uh, ambient, kind of Brian Eno kind of sounding, uh, different, uh, experimental in parts, but still kind of synthy. Um, uh, but we still get out of that. We get, I think, I'll ask you this before we get too deep into this too. How many Stone Cold classics do you think Peter Gabriel has written? At least eight. Eight Stone Cold classics. That's <laughs> crazy. I think three tops. I think two for sure. I think yeah. two for sure. And one came out right away, uh, like his first single, Salisbury Hill is a, is a Stone Cold classic. Um, but then for a long time, like on those other albums, there's nothing that really stands out. There's a couple things like Games Without Frontiers, um, uh, Biko. I was just playing before we played, uh, before uh, I uh, logged on with you. And oh my God, that is a punch in the chest. That song is, is beautiful. Um, but, but then these were just a, he was starting to build up a name for himself as a solo artist. And then, uh, he finally puts out an album with a title and it's so, and it, and it sells 5 million copies and it's huge. And all of a sudden he became like, he was like part of like this sound of like this, uh, kind of, uh, again, mature, sophisticated rock, but like buttoned down. Um, but he had a little more, he had more art see to him than like fucking the other guy got well, another guy who won best male rock vocalist twice what's it? robert palmer like for simply irresistible and addicted to love yeah. two songs that are the, that yeah. like again like peter gabriel head and shoulders above uh robert palmer in terms of artist and and what he created um and from so he has the the big hits of uh sledgehammer and big time which i think sledgehammer i think you could make an argument is a stone cold classic i think yeah. you definitely could i think that's the one i'm kind of on the fence for but also a song that didn't even really become a hit uh but just became huge and what i think is is his other stone cold classic which is uh in your eyes uh which became gained notoriety because of the film uh say anything right um and so so that makes him like what he's like sells an immense amount of records i don't know and then he comes out with us after that and i like this yeah, he's just a, just an enigmatic dude, right? Oh, and be, but in between that comes Passion, the the uh, the Last Temptation of Christ soundtrack, which is just like blows everybody's minds. Um, and uh, I think put he puts out a, a, a greatest hits before that, and then comes Us, um, and that's what this uh, album is in in support of. I want to see how well that's sold. Uh, well, the, the greatest hit sold two millions. Um, man with less success than than so. Oh, I must have gone. I'll have to check on it later. Um, but that's what this this album that we're gonna get get into here is in support of. Um, and so it's Secret World Live is a double disc. Uh, the album was released uh, September thirteenth, nineteen ninety four. As I said. Um, so you'd say you'd have a, like, at this point, I guess this is your kind of entry to, to Peter Gabriel right here. Yeah. But would you, you would you, you probably would have known the Sledgehammers. Yeah, I absolutely knew Sledgehammer. Okay. Um, Not in your eyes, you think? I don't think so. I don't think I heard that before this album. Hmm. Are you a, are you a uh, uh, Lloyd Dobler, yay or nay? A who? Lloyd Dobler, uh, the the main character from Say Anything. Oh, okay. Um, 
I don't remember if I have actually seen that. Okay. Okay. Well, I recommend it. And that's a question. Like, I don't want to see how, cause that used to be like, oh man, I worked with a, a girl way back when he was just like Lloyd Dobler's like the ideal guy, John Cusack's character. And I'd like to see how he, uh, you know, how, what, what uh, some of like, you know somebody from our, our uh, age demographic <laughs> like how looking back at him now and, and seeing it uh, yeah yeah but check it out uh, it, i i think i was talking with my other podcast partner about this the other day he doesn't he doesn't care, doesn't care for say anything <laughs> but i think it's my i think it's uh i think almost famous is still cameron crowe's best film but say anything in terms like it gets it's better than um, any other of the 80s. I think it's it stands above the 80s uh, teen drama. It's something special. There's some real great moments and I highly recommend it. Jerry Maguire is so great. What am I talking about? Okay, we're, we're, we're putting Peter Gabriel on hold right now. We're going to talk about Cameron Crowe. All right. So, born out of... No, okay. Um, so this, uh, this album or this... This live concert was recorded. Uh, one, it's recorded over two nights. One of the days was my birthday, ah. no, November seventeenth or sixteenth and seventeenth, nineteen ninety-three. This is funny because uh, last week when we were talking about Seinfeld, well, I didn't mention it, but one of those episodes was recorded on my birthday as well. It might have been the same day as this. Is that crazy? <laughs> in uh, in Medina, Italy, um, it got a Grammy nominee. Uh, or a couple Grammy nominations uh, for, for as the aforementioned best male rock performance for Red Rain, which is not included in the uh, in the actual live video that we're going to talk about today, but it's on the concert. Or uh, it kind of I can see I'd, I'd like to see what they did with it um, and what the what the set looked for it, but I can get why you would uh, maybe not include that one because it feels like a single. Uh, it feels like it, like it could, you could push it as a song. I mean, I never heard it on the radio, but uh, well, it makes sense. Um, it's a good song. I like it a lot. I mean, it's going to be the, the kind of lead in here for us, I think. Um, uh, um, so that, yeah. Uh, yeah. So we lost uh, uh, Bruce Springsteen for Streets of Philadelphia. There's no shame in that. Uh, but he, uh, the, the award, as I said, I was, the award's no longer given out. Um, it, the album peaked at 23 and it went gold. So this is a live album that sold 500,000. That shows you uh, something about his popularity at this time and how big he was. Uh, and as I said, the concert album is different, uh, but the concert film won the uh, Grammy Award for best live uh, music video or less uh, video film or whatever they call it. It's got a new name now. I can't remember what, it, what it's called, but at the time it was called Best Music Film. I think that might be what it's called now. Um, yeah, so that's awesome. The, the, the year after, who do you think won it the, uh, the year before? It'll probably be a future uh, YMT episode. Any guesses? Live, live show of the year. This is not, so this is like uh, winning for 90, 94. So what do you think would have won for live show in 93? 93. Think like Grammy favorites. Think like, think a band that I would say conservatively has written at least six Stone Cold classics. Like U2? Yeah, U2 Zoo TV. Um, I want to hear what you're all eight Stone Cold classics. No, I'm just throwing numbers. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> I thought you had a list ready in front of you. You're ready to fight me on this. No, I don't. I don't. Okay, okay, cool. Um, so yeah, one, and, and um, 
initially when, when I wanted to do this with you, I wanted to, to just concentrate on the album. I'm like, okay, well I, I see it. This is free on YouTube in 720p. It looks gorgeous. Um, okay. then let's just concentrate on this. And, and I'm really glad we did. Oh my God. I'm so glad we did. This is a, a piece of art. It is so good. It is so good. It is like, talking heads level like stop making sense is my favorite concert film for sure um and another concert probably the concert album i've listened to more than any other uh there's probably some springsteen and a couple other bands in there um but this i i can't remember the last time i watched it you say you've never seen it before um i knew about some of it uh, like i knew about the funny anglerfish camera yeah but, yes other yes. than that no, um I watched it so I so yeah so I think we're we're kind of we're going to end up dissecting both because it's the music and the show, um, but I think wow I'm so glad I got to watch this again I was moved to tears a couple times I was not <laughs> expecting that I was not expecting that, um, so let's get into it. Um, there's lots of like just that starts with that ambient kind of just like feed into a reverb that you hear kind of at the start of something like. Uh, uh, where the streets have no name um, and there's just lighters all over so many lighters in the audience to start um, I, I learned that Francois Girard is the director. I wanted to look into that see any, anything about that remind me to look into that um, and in the center of the stage a, a phone booth uh, Like a British phone booth like a um, like a Doctor Who phone booth emerges uh, and comes up really uh, slowly as you hear, what I believe is the opening track of Us, which is uh, Come Talk to Me, it is. Ah, please talk to me. Won't you please come talk to me? Just like it used to be Come on, come talk to me Come talk to me Come talk to me uh, uh, And the op on, this is cool, the, the live track, or the track on us is with Sinead O'Connor, but at this point, oh, at, at this, uh, this whole concert is with Paula Cole before she was Paula Cole. And oh my God, oh my God, Fox, gorgeous. And, and, and dressed in 90s uh, chic, but man, she could walk into a red carpet right now looking like that. Oh my God, I kept calling my, my wife in. I'm like, look how sexy they are. And I'll, that's the other thing too. That was a big revelation for me today is I never realized Peter Gabriel is a sexy motherfucker. Yes. I, I, go I'm, ahead. I'm looking at watching it and I'm like, oh, you know, he is attractive. I didn't think he was attractive. I know, I didn't think so. And I'm so. looking at him going, huh. And then I, I was like, what year is he born? Oh, yeah. he was born, he was 43 when he recorded At this it. point, wow. I'm 43 now. So I'm like, now I'm attracted to him. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Like dad hot. Like, 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 a, but, but like weird dad hot. He's wearing, he's wearing like, like uh, Yeezus type stuff. Like this is Kanye West. He was in Han Solo. Yeah, kind of. But, but he's, he's extremely fashion forward in this. Um, or just looks like it. 
so he he comes up and then slowly the other musicians as they start they start to come up from the center it's an amazing uh sight right as he's just coming up and he's still inside there with the phone right up against his uh as his, against his face as he's just belting this out and there's such a wonderful theatricality already and he's got so much uh emotion into it but it's not hammy he's just like come talk to me just calling into it and then he pushes open the, as the second chorus hits he pushes open the door and just starts pulling the cord out of that out of that thing and he's still it's like he's fighting the song and at the end of the at the end of the long walkway the stage is paula cole and she's singing out to him and it's like they're reaching for each other and this is a song about fuck they're like inability to to connect when you when you need to connect and but you know it's just not going to happen. Oh, it's heavy, man. It is heavy. It is, you know, hair on the back of your neck opening. I uh, loved it. Um, Paula Cole is just calling for him. Uh, just awesome open. I love the theatricality. Uh, that's what I wrote down for the first time. They're both, they both just hot as fuck. <laughs> I, I want to know who the designer is. Uh, I, I should look up who is designer. Who are you wearing, Peter Gabriel? Um, uh, just powerful stuff. Uh, as he hangs up the phone too to finish the song, just a killer opening. Uh, your thoughts on opening track of Secret World Live? Come talk to me, Adele. Um, what I loved about the video was not only that he's like pulling it, but he's like pulling and turning his body, and it's wrapping the cord around him. It's yeah. such a, it's so visceral and yes, so visceral. poignant. Like he's just like he's in this moment with I this know. song yeah. and it's yeah wrapped around him the pain of it like you can tell that's not going to be comfortable i know he's it, twisting and turning and yes. and the cool thing too is that um the the platform has a conveyor belt mm -hmm. so it's it's moving with him too yeah. and when it's it's dragging him back so as, as hard as hard as it is as he's trying to reach to her it's just like it, you know he's never going to it's yeah it's tragic <laughs> It pulls him away. Oh, yes. Yeah. So it's so lovely. Wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah. Wow. Um, at that point, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm glad we're watching this. <laughs> and from there, it goes into uh, initially what's called Quiet Steam, which was a different version of uh, his kind of hit at the time. I'll play you a bit of that. Buonasera. Finalmente. Questa è una canzone che parla di qualcosa di caldo e bagnato, il vapore, something hot and wet, steam. But really, that's just here to, to lead us into what was his hit at the time, which is Steam.
another nervous. You think a, a Stone Cold classic? I, I don't think I don't. You just don't hear it anymore. You no, know what I, mean? but I do like it. I do like it a lot too. Um, I think it's in the vein of Sledgehammer and Big Time, like those kinds of songs, right? But I think it's there's something about it that that doesn't. I think it's good. I think it's good. It's more arty. I think he is going for more. Like it's just a little less. Um, you know, everybody gets it, you know, sledgehammer. I get that. Like, I want to make a big time steam. Like, are they talking about sex? Is it, is it sex? But is it kind of weird? Like, like, I mean, it is, but it's, but it's too metaphorical. Do you know what I mean? Um, I think, uh, I think it's a, it's a good song. I love the, uh, I love his cool keyboard guitar that he's got. At the yes, beginning. the guitar. I was excited about the keyboard. Yeah. Like, where, where did it go? Yeah. <laughs> the booth remains at center stage. Um, uh, leads, as I said, leads into the main song. Peter Gabriel, he suddenly, uh, he starts to cool. It looks like a, a cool front man through this, though. Um, every time he hits the chorus, I like that. He kind of, I, I laughed out loud at his gyrating. Because, um, uh, like, it is with a wink, right? Because I think he knows that he's, he's that kind of suit wearing the dork, right? Even though he's kind of, it's almost like tights. He almost has dance tights. But I think they're tight, just skinny jeans, right? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Um, uh, that's what I want to know. You think this sound has aged well? I don't think this song has aged as well as like a sledgehammer or big time has. Um, it's better than Robert Palmer. I think it's better than any of those simply yeah, irresistible. Sure. So because I've only ever heard it as the live version, mm -hmm. I don't know what it sounds like on, on the album. Yeah. Um, and so with the live version, there's so much emotion that happens. There is. The yeah. So that's why I feel like it's still mm -hmm. super good. Like mm -hmm. just how, how much he's feeling it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like he reminds me of a goofy mad scientist the way he's kind of jumping around in that white cloak and stuff. I love his weirdo band too. And a lot of those guys are like legendary, like Tony Levin and uh, 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 some of these guys. Um, uh, it, uh, he, yes, like the, again, it's the live performance and seeing it too uh, really helps to, to boost what I think is a, is a pretty good song, but it's not one I'm going to like, hey, put on Steam by Peter Gabriel. I don't think many people are going to be, be calling for it. Um, uh, but I, I, as I, yeah, watching the performance and the way everybody's into it, so many smiles. I love it. They are having the time of their life. Uh, the crowd is clapping along. Um, uh, and they join uh, the, the they join him at the top of the band at, of the ramp. Everybody does, um, and he introdu introduces the band as as uh, they play, um, and then uh, so that's it. yeah. So that's Steam. I think we kind of went over and gave our feelings. Anything else you want to add? There were explosions of Steam. Throughout. That's right. Oh yeah, I didn't want to leave those up. Yeah, that was pretty great too. And he's yeah. like bringing his hands up. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's him. what I thought he was like. Uh, yeah, that's when I thought he was like. In that movie from Metropolis, yeah, like like the old. I was thinking like like yeah, like old like twenties like uh, German uh, expressionism science fiction. Um, yeah, yeah, that was pretty cool too. I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, but then he makes the super bold choice, and I don't know how much of this song uh, we can play, but it goes into Across the River.
yeah i mean like i want to skip to the end almost but not when you're watching this and not when you're listening to it i, I want to skip to the end just so people can hear it uh and what what becomes of this song because i think this is an incredibly bold choice for your third song of a live show uh when you're you know um you know trying to grab people and keep them into this thing um so this was a, an interesting song that i looked into the history of this this is a, he mentions that he had written it with uh copeland from uh the police uh and they performed it at a womad festival so it was like a a, a tribute thing and it's like for the most part uh, instrumental and just like really wild ambient wild wild vocals from from him too right like he's not just not just doing his usual kind of hey i'm Peter, like it's like it's just wild really really cool and then also like that, that kind of like october sounding piano uh that slowly gets more prominent and i love that part so much it just fills me with a uh, hope do you know what i mean like i don't know how to explain it there's no words at any point here um but it comes i can you can really feel it when it gets to that hey hey and it's just like building and building it's really moving to me it's such a moving song one of my favorites on the album uh i was just like wow so cool uh across the river what a weird choice for uh track three what do you think um i do love the build of it yeah but of course with the visuals with him using that very large pole and and then the, yes. the track just pulling him along yeah. so smoothly like he's on the river like it was beautiful it was stunning yeah so it like really is. visually it fits in quite well as a third song big time yeah yeah and then, yeah that build just so lovely yeah and the crazy thing too here is so that first track come talk to me six minutes 39 seconds second track steam including this the quiet open eight seven minutes 53 seconds across the river which is mostly just and, and ambient sounds until the end uh it's another six minutes basically um so they're really packing a ton in here um we get a bit of slow marimbas. I don't. I can play a bit of that. Um. Here we get a bit more theatricality to bring everyone to the to the that kind of tip of the stage because it's this long kind of center which you see a lot, at, uh, especially at the concerts of that time. I remember um, uh, U2 it does it all the time now, but I remember when I saw the Rolling Stones on the Bridges to Babylon tour, they had, I got, that was my seat was right, uh, right, really close to awesome. uh, where they came out to that second stage. Um, and so, yeah, that's cool to just kind of get all up to there. And here's where I wanted to, as like that adult contemporary label, how much has that hurt just his, I don't know, like who cares about, I'm sure no one gives a shit about how, or, how, or if he gives a shit about how he's perceived, but when you tell people that you're a big Peter Gabriel fan, like, uh, there's, like it's not, they're not like rabid, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, I think that's what, I think that's kind of what most people see him as now. What do you think? Um, in the, in, uh, I can't remember, what was the, the gen, like the timeline where everybody was saying, that's what she said. 
was pretty close to this. Yeah. I think it really, like it, even re- the, yeah. it was in the 2000s. Yeah. Um, and I was like on match.com and uh, at work, everybody was talking about um, celebrity death matches. Yeah. Oh, so God. one of my questions for match.com was like, <laughs> Who would win in a celebrity death match? Peter Gabriel or Phil Collins? <laughs> the guy that I asked it to was like, I don't think we have the same interests. Yeah. <laughs> celebrity death match. <laughs> wow. I remember I owned one of those on cassette. How was that a thing, man? Um, Phil Collins. So, yeah, that, that's it. Yeah. So, Phil Collins probably gets, uh, Peter Gabriel are probably interchangeable to a lot of people, but I think I would take Peter Gabriel over Phil Collins any day of the week. I think yep. like his, his best, there's some stuff in this that, that really. Safe choice. What's that? Phil is a safe choice. Yes. Yeah. Well said. Well the said. artist. Yep. Also, I don't know if you know this, but Phil Collins is in uh, Jeffrey Epstein's little black book. Really? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Because he yeah. was a cousin, so. I know. It totally sucks, right? <laughs> oh, man. You don't even know. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm sorry. I hated seeing it as well. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. <laughs> this is why I asked is because Shaking the Tree is the next song that comes up. And we'll get in. We'll play you a bit. It's a little goofy, uh, and especially when it's 40-year-old dudes jumping around. But uh, Paula gives the dude some credit as soon as she's joining in and playing because she's young and sprightly. It's so unapologetically silly and fun. After a while, I like how nerdy it is. The smiles on their faces, again, really help to, to make that happen. Um, Paula Cole's part builds up to the tree on the stage. And I like that. Here's where they mention Mr. Tony Levin, like this amazing bassist who's worked with everyone. God, it's really cool to look at his career. Uh, Manu Kache. Uh, here's where I totally started to get that Vampire Weekend vibes. I love Vampire Weekend. They are currently, they're probably my favorite band right now. Um, and I can see how they, like they had actual songs uh, where they mentioned Peter Gabriel. They have two songs where they met, it's the same line kind of repeated, including uh, Cape Cod Quasa. And it's that feels so unnatural, Peter Gabriel too. And Hot Chip did a cover with Peter Gabriel of that song. And it's so great. It's adorable. And he at the end, he, he changes it the second time he says it to feel so unnatural to say your own name. <laughs> it's adorable. <laughs> it's hilarious. Um, but see, here's what I like. That's a band who I think is embracing that kind of old dad rock, right? And, and that, even that look, like their 90s aesthetic right now, they would, I'm sure uh, Ezra Koenig, if he hasn't seen this uh, concert, like we got to see them uh, around this time last year. What's the date today? August 13th. We were supposed to see them 
tomorrow in Calgary again as they're wrapping up this tour because we just love them, right? Nora loves them. It's it's just it feels like such a great experience watching them live. Um, and they're kind of in between here. Like I'll bring up my 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 other podcast buddy Johnny again, who's a huge Deadhead and really just loves the he he hates set lists. He doesn't like like uh, uh, like he hates you too. Um, he doesn't like the that when everybody, this is the show, you got to go out and you do this song and this song and this song, and then you got to make sure you get in the giant lemon and, and blah, 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 and all these bells and whistles. But um, I think there's value in both. Like, uh, uh, but, uh, and I think this is somewhere in the middle here. I, I, actually, I, I would guess he's probably married to a lot of his, um, uh, with something like this, you probably have to be married to the, the set list pretty uh, big but with the production values absolutely yeah um get the whole team that's yeah yeah, yeah yeah <clears throat> so and it's just because it's, it's to me it's all about just what you're aiming for and um for me this or for vampire weekend i think that they they get something they get a bit of that they get a bit of that they, they never fall into the full thing but they give you enough of uh of a light show and 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 um uh, you know, uh, bright colors and things like that, that, that it is, a, there is whispers of it, right? And so I think, uh, you know, somebody like the Talking Heads we mentioned earlier, kind of do a bit of a hybrid. Um, uh, so uh, I don't know, I just, I, 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 I like that, that 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 dad rock has come around again, I suppose. It gives me, it gives me excuses. To, as you've seen, I, I, I've committed to black socks and shorts all summer long. <laughs> They, they, well, this kind because if they were white we just couldn't talk anymore no, okay that's cool good <laughs> perfect um so it, again it's it's super it's moving to me again here how much she uh like he she, he really just shares the stage with her like he's not the main one in, in songs like this it's like the two of them uh just having a great time and it gets in i love the way she hits that it's your day a woman's day and it makes sense with the lyrics um, I think this is a song about creation. I think the more you get into it, as silly as it starts, the more, like once it gets to the two of them and, and again, the joy the, 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 that you see on their faces, it, um, it, it ended up really uh, hooking me again. The, the a live performance here. And it made me think about what is this song about? And that's what I think it's about. Just shaking the tree. You're just trying to get something to come out and it's creation of art or it's creation of ho 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 ho, but whatever, you know? Um, so I liked it. By the end, I, again, like even again, so it's two songs here that I'm not, that I'm not going out of my way to find um, in steam and, and shaking the tree and then just two ambient things uh, and the opener. But I'm still just like, I'm so just swept away. I'm loving it. Like, what are you thinking? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and he does take that, that time to acknowledge some of the other, other artists, as you mentioned their names. Um, mm -hmm. And they get their, their little solos in that moment too. Mm -hmm. It's just so nice. Mm -hmm. I appreciate it. I know. Yeah, he does that a lot. He does that a lot because they are a big part of that show. This is like... Yeah. And that's the other thing too. With a with a, a we mentioned the the Grateful Dead and and Vampire Weekend. Uh, I've never been a jam band guy. I don't like. Uh, I don't want to see an entire show of jam banding. Like uh, like, uh, 
Um, but that's not to say if like all of a sudden that there's certain songs, cause again, that's something Vampire Weekend will do is they'll have like three or four songs that go on for like eight minutes or, or nine minutes. Or when I saw Kurt Vile, like, uh, he did like three or four songs, but not every song. Right. Uh, and that's what I think these guys do too. They, they kind of pick and choose. And so when they do jam then it's welcoming. Uh, uh but again, it has to be, it has to be like these like, artists of this caliber that, w- that we're kind of, you know, gifted with here. Um, and, and again, I said like wonderful finish to that one, but then that leads into what on the, on the album, it's red rain, uh, which it, we talked about earlier, but then it, uh, on the live show here, we get into uh, blood of Eden, which is again, another, so it's, again, it's shaking the tree, seven minutes and 12 seconds, blood of Eden, seven minutes and two seconds. We'll play a bit of that. Here, I think a uh, super pretty ballad. Uh, again, a U2 kind of vibe. It's such a pretty chorus. Uh, Sinead O'Connor on the album, um, but here it's Paula Cole. Um, and the set piece of the tree that's still there just makes a real kind of nice, quiet sense with what they're singing about, right? In the, the blood of Eden lies the woman and the man. I don't love the bridge as much. It's near the end there, but then a return to that boom, 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 boom. Like it's so, or whatever. No, I'm, I, that's a different song entirely. Uh, but there's a bass line and strings that is so nice. Again, this is that mature rock, right? That that cool that was was seen as cool for whatever reason at that time. Well, uh, oh, I know it's like sweet double violin. Did you see that guy's got a double violin? You know those, you know those violins that are like double violin. Um, more subtle, cool vocals from, uh, again, Peter Gabriel on the way out here. Uh, so I, I really like this song. Um, it's, it's a good kind of cooler here at this stage, but still the right, I'm still getting these weird kind of goosebumpy moments just watching the two of them. Paula Cole, um, why don't we talk about her a bit? Because this is all pre-Dawson's Creek. This is all, this is before she was even known as a solo artist. Um, I bought that album. <laughs> uh, uh, where had all Where have all the cowboys gone? That was the other song. Yes. Um, I, I don't think anything really happened after that. I was looking her up. It looks like she's still, you know, you know, doing her thing. Um, this, uh, like, this was like a, a, a coming out party for her of some sort, I guess. I mean, it must have been. Did you follow her career at all after this? Not really. No. Yeah. Yeah, me neither. I mean, I wish I could say more about her because like she's just known for that. And that album is good too. She has some really heavy, I don't, I can't remember what the name of that album was. And I don't know what, if she's put out more since, but I know she wasn't in the public eye as much. 
Um, there's a couple really, really great songs. I, Peter Gabriel shows up on the, the last track of it and it's gorgeous. Um, um, yeah, it was interesting, right? Because she was huge. She was like Sarah McLaughlin big. Like she was like Little Miss Lilith Fair, right? Yeah. <laughs> that was, um, which is interesting. Um, but again, like I mean, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll praise her again later. Uh, so that leads into San Jacinto, or if I'm saying that right, I don't know. kind of synthy opening from the cd the crowd claps along the sound has this sound has become has gone from uncool the back being cool again since this has come out i think because in 94 i don't think people wanted to hear that synthy kind of sound as much but now it's i love it it's got, it's got 80s vibes but not dated 80s vibe uh this is uh, i read that this has been added to more recent streaming versions so i think on spotify you'll find it I say, well, I like this uh, synth sound. The lyrics feel a little too serious and take too long to get what is a better build. It gets kind of Genesis art Rocky in parts, like the old Genesis I was talking about with that kind of jail visual behind him at the end there. Um, but it never really hits the high notes of uh, some of the other stuff on this album. Uh, it is a funny breathing effect. That, that, this, at that point, I think it started to get a little basic art school as the song kind of fades out. This was the first kind of, I mean, they can't all be home runs, right? <laughs> but uh, I think it kind of, uh, a, a slight miss for me. Uh, what do you think? Um, it's hard because this one wasn't on the, right. the CD. Right, right. Um, so, so yeah, it didn't have a tet. This uh, is an the first time that I've interacted with it at all. And mm. so I'm looking at it from now view, which, yeah from my education going back to university in my 30s um finishing in my 40s uh and and having been involved with museums for so long and and the the cultural shift that's happening from we're working towards decolonization right, right, right. so um this song is about i was just looking it up earlier mm -hmm. and it's, it's about um a first wow. nations guy yeah it's it's about an impoverished tribe they're saying and i'm just like you know why is a british man singing about this i'm very uncomfortable with this right now uh -huh. that's how i feel about it now i don't know how i would have felt about it in 90. Uh -huh. interesting 97 interesting yeah i didn't get into it it's so it's not about it's not about the battle of san Jacinto, fought on april 21st 1836 in present-day houston texas it may be um, but it is related to like an American. Yeah, it must be related to that. Wow. Some of the lyrics are thick cloud, steam rising, hissing mm -hmm. stone on sweat lodge fire. 
Mm-hmm. So here's what I think. It's like, uh, so it says, led by General Sam Samuel Houston, the Texan army engaged and defeated General Antonio Lopez de, de Santa Ana's Mexican army in a fight that lasted just 18 minutes. Ouch. Sounds ugly. Sounds like a bloodbath. Sounds like, uh, sounds like a cause that, that Mr. Peter Gabriel would want to talk about. But I, I was messaging with, as I said, my friend Colin earlier today and, and like trying to say like what he's been up to lately, what Peter Gabriel's been up to. And he's still, so this song and, and what he is now, like he's still just like such an awesome like humanitarian, like a guy who like walks the walk. And this, I could, yeah, I can get it from, from that, from the, the, the colonial, the colonist point of view. I'm curious. I, I mean, I'd, it'd be interesting to look into it more and see if, you know, because he does, he he is a guy who fights up for the, takes the voice of the oppressor or of the oppressed, right? So, it would be out of context for him to be like, "Yeah, that was a glorious." <laughs> sure. it, would, it would be out of character, I should say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so that leads into uh, what would have been another. Uh, oh no, uh, yeah. So an, uh, a song that would have been kind of a modest hit. This is a uh, kiss that frog. Kiss that frog. There we got Peter Gabriel on harmonica. This is not my favorite Peter Gabriel song. Would you call this a Stone Cold classic, or is this one you would have considered? No. You how much? What? I love it. Really? Okay, I love so. It, and there's a reason. Okay, okay, all right. Um, is this a song about blurred lines? Is that what this song is? Is it? Is he like kind of trying to force consent? Is that what this is, kind of thing? Mm. Well, so. 98% of it is based on the 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 frog prince. Yes. Lyrics, yes, yes. You know? Well, well duh. But uh, but, but like, I mean <laughs> No, like the lyrics are like torn right out of it. Yeah. But he miss he misses the part the parts where she's like gross there's a frog talking to me and she throws you know how she actually gets the frog to turn into a prince? She doesn't kiss him. She throws him against a wall. Hmm. And breaks the curse. Interesting. Like, <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> Interesting. See, I see listening to it again this time, it just sounds like like he's playing the the role of like a pervy dude. Come on, kiss so, that frog. And it, it's sort of it's sort of um the thing that girls hate these days, that that whiny friend zone thing. <laughs> I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I th- like, see, this feels really, this is what I feels adult contemporary to me. Like the harmonica and the cheesy sex innuendo. Um, the, this uh, And the weird creepy, he will be your prince. <laughs> 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 uh, 
All right. So I think, see, see, to me, this is like seven and eight here. Uh, the, the San Jacinto and Kiss That Frog are the two uh, kind of low parts, low points of this album or this uh, concert for me. But I think it comes at a good time. Right. If you get if you needed a chance to run, grab a beer. <laughs> Some of us might or run to the washroom. Um, this is this is the time to do it. But that leads us into uh, what I think is another uh, uh, highlight of the album, which is, yeah, washing of the water. So, wow, I have such warm memories of this song and the version from us is really good as well. But this is like transcendent when it gets to that. I love the camera work here. It just stays on him. It's just this one long shot where it's just because it's just him and and probably strings at the beginning. There, You can't hear much, right? Or just one one ambient kind of noise kind of playing behind him and, and him singing this really slow song. Um, and I, uh, as I said, I love the camera work, this long shot slowly getting closer to him until it's just the organ in him filling the arena and they just fill it up and then boom, just an awesome transition where it's like, let him go so hard. Like, the, like it feels um, so emotional, such a great moment. And then it's back to him again. It gets really quiet and just him in the keys once more. Again, to me, this is another uh, highlight of the concert, washing of the water. Adele. Can't remember it at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, in the washing of the water, make it home all right. Let my bonnet reach me. Oh. Make you reach me tonight. And then it has that big part. It's like, let him go. So like, and just like, oh, it just like fills up after being so bare and just like fills up for only about like 20 seconds. Um, and again, watching it live and to see it with that one, it's just one long shot the whole way through. Like, yeah, yeah. how can you not give the Grammy for best lie? I don't know what the other <laughs> nominees were, but yeah, this is a, a real uh, pretty piece, I thought. Um, so is I think the problem with that one for me is what it's sandwiched between. Because Kiss That Frog, what you have to understand about me, okay. I'm a farm girl. <laughs> <laughs> Growing up, we weren't allowed to go barefoot in the spring until the frogs were singing. Aww. Yeah. So frogs are the harbingers of spring and will always have a warm spot for me. So Has... Kiss Frog is a favorite song. Okay, and I totally get it. The next song is... Oh my God. Stone Cold uh, Classic. As we said, uh, Salisbury Hill. Let's play a little bit of that. Free. 
could see the city light Wind was blowing, time stood still Eagle flew out of the night He was something to himself Came in close, I heard a voice Standing, stretching every nerve Had to listen, had no choice I did not believe but before we before we talk about Salisbury Hill, I want you to say that again. We couldn't go out in the in the spring until we hear the frogs sing. Yeah, that is beautiful. Has well, anyone you, ever used that in a country song or anything yeah. like that? Because that is that is like just waiting to be <laughs> waiting to be included in something. My childhood is a country music. That's really cool. Yeah, that's great. Um, so an awesome follow-up to, to me this is to hear this right after washing of the water again it's a stone cold classic i feel like he could have written a bunch of these if he wanted to back in the day but he just wanted to be a weirdo um these are kind of bell and sebastian type songs i love that kind of sad boy uh kind of pack your things i can almost hear him saying father i've packed my things they've come to take me home they have i, I love it just in his little short pants and, and uniform <laughs> The three of them skipping along to the song just feels so fresh as it does. Like, like uh, even though like some of the songs on here that are 20 years newer, it, it feels like it fits right in. Uh, it's a really great uh, song. Uh, uh, I love it. Yeah. Your thoughts, uh, Salisbury Hill. I mean, what else can you say about it? Well, so Salisbury Hill also as a little farm girl, I was a very religious little farm girl. Mm. So I always had a very um, uh, Jesus feel to that song right so um as a as a bible thumber teen that i was back in those days mm -hmm. I, I took it very much for that Interesting. Um, so uh yeah there he's he's got a lot of religious connotations in a lot of his songs. Yeah. it's a day it's his so this was his first single after he he left genesis that's the way i always kind of saw it as like kind of that separation from that he said it's about being prepared to lose what you you what you have for what you might get it's about letting go um the former bandmate tony banks acknowledges that the song reflects gabriel's decision to break ties with genesis but it can also be applied in a broader sense to sense situations of letting go in general um gives the song a, a constant sense of struggle. They talk about a set written in seven, four time. Yeah. Um, all right. Explain me your uh, interpretation. Why I feel it's biblical. Yeah. Uh, just cause um, the whole, the whole like Jesus gets sucked up into heaven. To right. Yeah. Like God calls him in. Right. Yeah. Attachment to pack your things come to take me home. Yeah. I like it. I like it, pal. There's, there's, some of the talk about like leaving your friends and stuff mm -hmm. and he'd be leaving his disciples. Right. I mean, I don't, I know. Yeah. I haven't dug into it, but I, the, you, you, this makes me want to, you saying that makes me want to. Yeah. All right, cool. And that leads us to another, what was another hit from uh, us? This is digging in the dirt.
right away this has much more organs uh than in the album version i like those organs a lot um this was a this was a modest hit for for peter gabriel um really cool camera attached to his head but what did you what do you call it the like, angler fish angler fish <laughs> camera yeah from above he's got this camera it over is, his yeah. head kind of lights it up it does yeah and it makes him look almost like a rat like trying to get some cheese or something it's so cool yeah. but it matches the kind of there's a real kind of manic feeling to this song i love this song like i think this song is aged uh from from us like uh, in terms of the hits from us i think this is the one that ooh is a really really good song um uh, it switches up the mood big time there's a sinisterness to it it's a really interesting song i was trying to figure out what this is about um it's it's about self-examination i think um the whole thing this time you've gone too far that like uh, uh and the, but it's the dangers attached if you start looking too deep about what did i fuck up about then it starts to become self-destructive um the chorus makes you but it makes you pity the the narrator weirdly because he's like i'm digging in the dirt i'm like trying to find the the faces of uh, what got me hurt, like what hurt me, like, and like, oh, it's like, again, looking deeper into this song, I never really saw this. He has some really dark, dark lyrics about personal shit. <laughs> and I think this is really it. The, but that close camera makes on, starts to take on a more metaphorical meaning because that's right in his face, right? It's like, he's like interrogating himself almost. Um, uh, stay with me. I need support. Like that's a line at the end too. Like, Ooh, like it gets again, like a weird, I didn't expect to have these kind of weird feelings watching this. Um, um, really great stuff. And that, cause it, that's what I think it is a morphing. You see his face morph from like a really young boy up to a younger Peter Gabriel up until like a, a skeleton, right? He's like, yeah, I know I'm going to die. And like, what the fuck am I doing here? I'm digging in the dirt. I'm going to be in the dirt soon. Like it's all just, it gets super dark for a minute there, but it's, um the fr it's cool it's, again it's cool as fuck because of that camera and like the the quick cuts as opposed to when they had been doing those long shots uh before for the other stuff this is really beautifully done and again another really good song another seven minute long song <laughs> uh what do you think digging in the dirt um so many visuals with it mm -hmm. because it, when it's flashing on his face a bunch of times it flashed to when the other yeah when they had had them on a different part so yeah. you see flashes of their faces which was really interesting and then the that moment where they're looking over him and he's digging yes, and that's right i forgot about that giant white face like is it a face yeah like yeah. is it his face and it's, yeah. it's sort of pulling back these feathers more than dirt. something really yeah it was really creepy. cool it was and creepy super good. It, i i wonder how it would feel being in the audience watching that because mm -hmm. Um, they would be, you know, at eye level with the stage. And so they wouldn't be able to see what was going on except for on that big flippy screen mm -hmm. that's up there. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So it'd be interesting. Well, and that's that's just the ones that are on the floor, of course. Everybody on the sides would be seeing mm -hmm. something different all around. I know, yeah, I wonder. Lots of visuals going on there. And, yeah. and the, the cuts, they, they do make you uncomfortable because mm -hmm. you, can't, you don't have long to focus. <laughs> It matches just like this kind of oof, just a yucky feeling, man. Um, yeah, that that feels real. Feels real. Feels like a real kind of you know self kind of fight that he's had to to deal with at some point in his life. And I love that. Like he's bleeding a bit for us here. Like oh, good stuff. 
Um, and that leads us into again, what, what, yeah, here's why, why I will say, uh, I mean, we'll get into it. Uh, I will say, yeah, I'll go stone cold classic. You've got, you convinced me sledgehammer. One, two, three, Here's, and here's why I'll say, because the crowd is clapping along more than anything else uh, on this, too. And uh, as I said before, you too, I think, con- conservatively, uh, six. And one I, would, I, I wouldn't even conclude in, the, in that six would be Mysterious Ways, because I, I don't get too crazy about it. But I tell you, when that song comes on a concert, it's the same fucking vibe, right? Uh, where everybody's up. The crowd is hyped. I love the vocals here, uh, especially at the start. Um, nice back and forth with Paula Cole again. Great bits with Levin and uh, Rhodes uh, as well. Uh, everybody's having a good time. It's great stuff. Quick bit with Peter Gabriel speaking directly uh, to us at the end here. Um, sorry, I, I went a little too far, but I, I, yeah, Sledgehammer. It just, you know, he, he doesn't have to dress it up too much, but he did give it a little bit of this because there's a different vibe. They, they've put this kind of world music for a better for lack of a better term, kind of dash, it's sprinkled over top of this whole thing. But because that, that's what it has to do with all these, because he's got these uh, these musicians from all over the world and things like that. Um, and they add a little bit of that here to Sledgehammer, but not too much. It's a, oh, it's a it's a scant six minutes. <laughs> uh, but uh, uh, yeah, I, you can tell like it's it's something that just had to be on the set list. You know what I mean? Um. I love the raunchiness that he gave it with his dance moves. Yes, he got up on a chair and it was pelvic thrusting. So much pelvic thrusting. Yeah, yeah. And the chair was moving on the on the conveyor belt. Like <laughs> oh it reminds God. me, I should mention, um, I uh, my friend, uh, I told my friend Kevin Banner, former uh, guest here as well, that I was I was talking about Peter Gabriel uh, here shortly. And he's like, a little known fact about Peter Gabriel, his first name can stand for a penis. I'm like, okay, thank you, Kevin. I'll be sure to, I'll be sure to mention that. This is a good point to do it. So, so here's where we get, it cuts to like live footage of Peter Gabriel speaking, speaking directly into us. And he introduces Secret World. And then you detect a little disturbance. And you know for sure underneath the surface lies some other secret world. But on you know, the noise, they are one of those secret, secret world.
And as soon as it starts, oh man, this might be my favorite moment on the whole album. Um, I love it. I'm just like on board. I love this song. All nine minutes and 10 seconds of it. <laughs> or like here on this version, it's 10 minutes and 16 seconds. So um, I get a wonderful nostalgia feel for it. For like, it's almost for like a time that never existed because he's talking about a secret world. This is like, like utopia kind of something, but for like a, a younger utopia, right? There's so, ooh, awesome strobes as the song picks up. Um, uh, absolute hidden gem of a song. It breaks down a little bit as he gives the first chorus, uh, as he, yeah, as he sings it. Uh, 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 that break in a secret world, all the way down to just him and the piano again, like gets really small and then some strings. This is just, this is the Peter Gabriel that I love, love, love. This is where you can just like hook this up to my veins. This is the, I love this. Uh, I'm in a state of disrepair. I alone could win or lose. And it's like, what was it we were thinking of? Like, it's just, it feels bare and raw and honest um, and so emotional. And one more build to the crowd and all the musicians. I'm just, uh, they, uh, here's where I'm like, fuck yeah, just jam band the shit out of this. Go nuts, you guys. Um, a bunch of suitcases and they all just kind of walk into the suitcase and one by one, he starts pushing them down to the suitcase and Tony Levin comes back up once more. I love it. I love the exuberance here. Such joy. He dramatically grabs this big black suitcase and drags it back up the ramp. All the musicians, uh, uh um, so I mean, they'd gone in one by one. Um, uh, and finally a dome descends on him as the song ends. Um, just wow. Like, so this would probably be, I'm guessing, we, we don't really get a sense of when the, the encores were, but this is probably like the end of like the main show at this point, as this dome falls down for Secret World, the name of the goddamn concert. Like, wow. A song that was not a hit or, or like even a single, but Jiminy Christmas. I love, love, love the song. It's my favorite song in the album. Nice. What do you think? Um, what do I think? I don't think it's my favorite, but no. I do. Like, I love the whole album. Mm -hmm. um, I loved how, so, you know, they all go down in this suitcase that he's carried over the stage. Um, and then he picks it up and it's got the weight. Yes. After he picks it up. Him. And it's so heavy for him, but it's also like, it's his. Yes, which I know. Which is quite lovely. I know, it's so real, man. It's so good. <laughs> it's his secret world. He's like, I got to kind of do this. In a way, I'm the guy. I'm the guy in the ticket. Y'all came here. Musicians, That's they're right. mine. They're mine. I got them in this fucking suitcase. <laughs> and then the, the like dome falls down. The dome just falls down, yeah. Oh, and then just boom, one more last drum hit, and it just cuts to black. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. And then that leads us into... Another song that was, again, pretty big hit for him uh, uh, from the album. So uh, but that original is with Kate Bush, but here it is with Paula Cole again. This is Don't Give Up.
wanted all along I was taught to fight, taught to win I never thought I could fail No fight left or so it seems I am a man Paula Cole, just again, if I, if I mentioned, she just looks insanely pretty. <laughs> um, I love like, I know, and that and that dress, she's so fucking badass. As I said, you could walk into any club and be the, the coolest chick in the world if you walked in her, her, her wardrobe. Um, uh, but but hey, everybody out there, don't be going into clubs right now, okay? Thanks. <laughs> Paula Cole, uh, yeah, another a super sophisticated ballad. Uh, this is what I'm saying. Maturity and rock was just really somewhat hip at this time for whatever reason. Another gorgeous slow one. And I think like, so what? Who cares? Like you give me as many slow ones as you want if they're like this. I love Paula Cole's solo here. It's so good. Uh, really good theatricality between the two of them. I love it. Um, it's, it's not as overt as the opening, but it's just more subtle the way they're singing to each other. Uh, super moving. Uh, really kind of bearing of the soul. Don't give up. Oh, it's just a... Uh, the tempo change gives us such uh, a lovely sense of optimism to a song that really is kind of sad for most of it. Um, the camera, uh, the crowd sings along and the dome descends one last time, or at least, or you, so you think. Uh, don't give up. Oh my goodness. What do you think? Um, that song I've always felt a little uncomfortable with. Yeah. Um, because it's it's definitely... Like it, it's 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 a very sad sad white man song. Yep. <laughs> this yep. guy's having a tough time, and and the only way he's going to pull through is if he's got a lady to like. I know, right? I know. Yeah. 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 Right. Uh, geez, you ever heard one of those songs? They don't write many of those. Oh, <laughs> but but it's still there's a vulnerability. There's a different type of vulnerability here that you don't. It's certainly not modern sad white men. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and he, and he's older too, right? Mm-hmm. This came out at a later time too. He's wearing those suits. He's not in the goofy uh, face paint and everything. So, yeah, yeah. There, there's something about it that it's just so, you know, don't give up. That's such a. That's like a you know, it's a John Cenaism for fuck's sake. But when when it comes out of uh, him for whatever reason and Paula Cole, like uh, it take to me, it borders on transcendent. So I really really like it. Um, that leads us to, yeah, that thing comes up one last time for, as I said, what, what is his other Stone Cold classic, In Your Eyes. Uh, it's 11 minutes and 32 seconds on the album. Here it's like, it says 1248 for this live one. Um, and I just love it. Okay, here's a quick story I'll tell you about this. As a, what do I got to give you? an in- I'll give you an intro here to In Your Eyes, this long version. Go ahead, listen. Whatever 
That, I mean, that, there's no way I can do it justice, but I'll tell you a quick story. I remember once the high school uh, high school um, party were at somebody's house, and I, I Travi lucked out. He gets to make out with a girl. Didn't happen much, but it did on this night. My friends really wanted to go, and I'm like, all right, I'll tell you what, we'll listen to one more song, and then we can go. And I put on In Your Eyes, this version, 11 minutes and 32 seconds, because I'm smart. I'm not going to put on... I'm not going to put on like a quick, you know, blink and you miss it. Yeah. So, um, but wow, what a pretty song. Um, Absolute Stone Cold Classic, new dude about it. Um, first big change, Paula, like when she goes, whoa, like it's really different from other versions. And we get that in your eyes from the violinist, which is uh, Shankar is his name. Amazing. Uh, finally, the keys we all know kick in as everyone starts dancing along as they have before. It's just all these people we've been on this like journey with, you know, and they're back out and just kind of doing this last kind of farewell. It's such a perfect uh, finish. It's really, it, this is bringing me to tears watching this today. This is the most stop making sense it feels all show, I thought, with everybody out there and just the way they're all dressed and, and it looks so fucking cool. Um, just an all-time great song that uh, doesn't want to go away. It gets world music-y in the middle, but I, I still love it. I don't care, like, because it's such a good song. And it, and it, and it to come at this end, this point of the uh, um, uh, concert, go nuts, go nuts. G give me another 12 minutes. Give me 24 minutes. In a guy to beat, I want a drum solo. Papa, <laughs> Papa Wimba uh, gets a moment, and everyone's having an amazing time. Jean-Claude, he's calling out names. I can feel the crowd vibe. You know this is the end, but you don't want to go. Just like, just enjoy it as much as you can. Just a legend. This is what legendary shows are made of, and the way legendary shows feel at the end, right? And this really is a legendary show. Peter Gabriel waves goodbye as he as uh, um, he says it one more time. And the dome descends for uh, we get Papa Wimbo over the credits for just like a, a, again another just beautiful like little cherry on top of this really really great live concert uh film that that we watched uh any thoughts about in your eyes before we talk about the whole thing um the lovely slow build mm -hmm. lovely um yeah. and then it just it gets so passionate and exuberant and everybody is just dancing and having such a wonderful time so lovely and paula is just Giving her, yeah, like yeah. she is just like, yeah, yeah, I know. So, good. so good, yeah, really, really great. Um, and but just watching this again, man, I it, like it is, it is so hip, it is so cool. Like there are so many things here that that feel high fashion. He looks high fashion. Um, the visuals you can imagine at like runway shows, like nowadays, um. It's European, <laughs> but but in the best possible way, like kind of all the shit like, oh, this is this is uh, smarter than me. <laughs> like, you know, you can imagine people walking in there, but I'm glad that, that I'm being moved by it. You know what I mean? Like, it just has that whole feel of just it's not pretentious um, because it's because you again you, that that joy that you keep seeing from everybody. It's so good. Um, any other uh, 
you know, before we, before we kind of put a bow on this, any other final thoughts on this live concert, this live album, the Peter Gabriel in general? Um, the thing I love most about this album um, is all the harmonies. Mm -hmm. Like, um, Paula was such a good choice. Yeah. She, she's such a, a great, um, she helps bring him up in a very lovely way it was super good the harmonies are super good like just yeah. you know, all the music is super good yeah and like he's again in a way that shows vulnerability and that's why i mentioned like bell and sebastian do you ever listen to bell and sebastian you know like uh and like in the song is it wicked not to care when he is so just letting her drive the bus and he's just like is it wicked then you he's just kind of in the background like i'm just kind of here and i'll be here with you wherever you want to go um it doesn't get like that but he lets her drive the bus at times here and that's and that was a a, a rarity <laughs> you know and still is um and that's again that's another thing that was really moving her is how much he was just like this is our show you know when it would be like the two of them out there and things like that and and the way that they played together, like seeing the visuals, what a great thing to see. So you can see the interactions because listening to it in my car while I'm driving between Edmonton and Red Deer is not the same as sitting here watching it on my I know, I know. TV. I'm really, really glad I watched it. I'm really glad it was available for free on YouTube. And I encourage <laughs> others to watch it. I encourage a lot of people to watch it. I encourage people who are looking for um, just really great stage design and really great um just uh performance uh in ways that that have aged great with with music that is that is you know not i think there's a couple songs i think you could say that maybe i think steam has some some stuff that's a little dated and i think maybe some of the world music stuff you might kind of lose some people and i i think we differ on kiss that frog um i but otherwise otherwise it's it's really it's not of any time like or is it feels like that do you know what i mean like it's from the mid 90s and you can feel it and you, yes you see it especially in paula cole but now as i said like she's looking like the coolest person in the world now and he looks like he's wearing kanye west style clothes um <clears throat> i like i i strongly recommend i'm really glad that we got to go back and look at this not just because you know, Peter Gabriel rocks. Peter Gabriel is awesome. He's such a cool dude. Um, and, uh, but this is, uh, people should go back and watch this for ideas. <laughs> if you're in, involved in, in set design or, or a performer in, as a, an actor or a musician, I say. <laughs> I concur. Awesome. It's simple. Yeah. But powerful. Like it's really evocative. Every song felt like its own set even though not a lot changed yeah yeah big time cool awesome secret world live thumbs up so before we say goodbye as a as a guest on yours mine and the truth you are required my wife just had to come in here really quickly she's laughing at me right now because she knows <laughs> that i'm always doing this special kind of torture what are your top five songs by the band extreme and i gave you you asked if you could use nuno solo uh work and i said yes yes but i didn't okay cool i played along with the rules i went to your little music list okay. and i listened to some things because so pornography came out in grade eight for me mm -hmm. me too and uh it was 
I really liked it. But the reason, okay, so um, the song that I'll say that opened it all for me was because of the video mm -hmm. or more than words. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, as you mentioned. <laughs> Where did I wrote it somewhere? You had mentioned somebody had a nice jawline yeah. you, you really well, enjoyed. I'm going to say something super funny about it. I wrote it down because <laughs> I was like, this is so good. I'm going to, this is the way it is. Um, I often judged a band by how attractive its members were. Mm -hmm. Of course. And Nuno Betancourt had uh, everything I found beautiful in a man. Long dark hair, whip thin, and a jaw that could cut glass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... I only ever bought um, Extreme 2 Pornography mm -hmm. That's um, and right. everybody. Yeah. solo album. I never bought the other ones. And mm. I, I don't know why, because um, like Slaughter, I bought multiple Slaughter albums. I mm. bought multiple Warrant and Poison albums. Mm -hmm. I'm a hair band fan. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But yeah, that, one, that was pretty much the only one. But that, so that was my like gateway drug to that album. Um, but Wholehearted would be my favorite. Yeah. Um, oh, and the other thing I want to say about More Than Words is hair bands had the best ballads in those. Yeah, they did. They did. Um, so Wholehearted is kind of like a bridge between a ballad and, and a rock anthem. Sure. Like it's somewhere in between those mm -hmm. two. And it's a lot of fun. And in the video, they're having a lot of fun. I know. Yeah, big time. And also lots of biblical references. They're, those lines are right out of the Bible. Rivers mm -hmm. flow into the sea, yet even the sea is not so full of me. That's cut and paste. Yep. Okay, keep going. Super good. <laughs> Um, Rise and Shine, I decided to put on my list. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'd ever heard it before that playlist, um, cool. but I appreciate when they showcase Nuno's voice over Gary's. Yeah, um, I like that. Like he kind of comes in first on that. Yeah. Yeah, and and it's softer. He's he's got a more gentle sound to him. Like he does. Gary sounds like maybe he's had a bit of vocal training. Maybe yeah. not a lot, but he's had some, right? Yeah, so yeah. he knows where he's singing from and how to project from there. Whereas right. no, probably hasn't had the same kind of training. At least said that. Much. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so it's it's really nice because sometimes Gary comes across kind of yelly. Sure, sure. So the yelly kind of yelly kind of genre, especially when that when they're in that grunge era. Goodness gracious, angry. Yeah. But okay, um, rise and shine. Goodness, yeah. Oh yeah, I think I had that as number two uh, all time of their songs. God, I love that song. Uh, I'm going to say Kid Ego. Ah, great. Yeah. Uh, but the reason single. why they're another. So I love harmonies, which is one of the reasons why I love um, mm -hmm. uh, Extreme. Um, I watched the video today. <laughs> yeah. So this is like super early for them, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. It's their first. It's their first. Yeah, their or, first album or first. Uh, yeah, first single. Yeah, yeah big time bullets. bullets and feathers. And Gary Sharon's costume changes. Yeah, <laughs> the kid, black eye. Eye. He used to have a black eye a lot. Then that was his thing. So many, so many crop tops. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then he had a stunt double going past on a rope. You think that was a stunt double? You don't think that was Gary Sharon? I'm gonna have to watch again. I will watch again. But this is the first I have heard such accusation. <laughs> I will I definitely look into that. I think it's a stunt double. Okay, I'll take a look. That's hilarious. <laughs> Come on. You don't think you can swing by on a rope? Fucking Garth Brooks used to swing on ropes all the time. Not this way. Okay, okay. I'll take a look. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, and then I was going to say get the funk out because I do have the fondness for mm -hmm. 
but I decided to switch it for hip today. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's uh, showing up on a lot of people's. Uh, I did watch the video for that as well because I was like, what are these things? I mm -hmm. want to get some extra. And I am a very visual person. So that visual validation when it's uh, much later 90s and they're all quite much Early more. 90s. Yeah, it is a, the, you know, later than when Pornography came out for sure. Yeah. So it's very slick and it's, it's fun and anthemic. Yeah. Um, it's got a... The lyrics are kind of hipstery, like they're they're kind of judging other people. Big for, time, right? Yeah. They're also kind of like that's them, right? Yeah. They you know, like yeah. don't don't forget, hey, we did we had that hit, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. All right, was that the five? That was five. That was great, awesome, and those are good choices and excellent explanations. And that's all. I, that's all I ask. <laughs> uh, Adele, what are you up to these days? What am I up to these days? I've been on furlough for six mm -hmm. weeks, uh, and. Uh, going back to work on Monday. Yeah. I'm super stoked. That's cool. Um, I am supposed to be getting ready for my own solo show in mm -hmm. February, but um, due to COVID, I'm wondering if that I have to talk to the people okay. about it, if that's yeah. the or what what the plan is with that because I don't want the people who should have been showing now mm -hmm. to their opportunities. So we'll see. Awesome. All right. Well, you, I I love seeing your work. Um, I'm excited to see what happens next. Um, thank you for doing this. Thank it's you great to see you. I hope we get to see each other for real at some point in the next little while. Who knows? Um, but we'll talk to you soon. Calgary Flames Cups. Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Adele. I'll talk to you later. Yeah, cheers. Bye. Sing your own name Wow, yeah Peter Gabriel The best, you guys Oh, especially that era That God, was there anyone as cool I, I, I think he's due for a rediscovery Um, yeah I, I, I'll say it again That out, that video, or that whole concert film is available for free on YouTube in very high quality. Look it up. Spend an hour and forty minutes on a, on you know a day where you're looking for something to watch. I promise you, it will fill you with with uh, with love and like an appreciation for a guy who's a, a, a really interesting artist and somebody who. Wow, um, I'm going to be listening to him uh, quite a bit more uh, in the in the next coming months just because of this experience. It was really really cool to go back and look at. 
uh, Peter Gabriel's Secret World Live. Um, before I kind of close the book on on that, I do want to mention my friend Colin Lau, who got me into Peter Gabriel, who was, you know, <laughs> you know, was I suppose surprised that he wasn't asked for this. Uh, but I think it's good that we pick. You know, we're seeing his influence kind of go further here so thanks again Colin for introducing me to Peter Gabriel but before I you know as I said sign off I'm asking him if there's some you know some uh versions of of these songs or some some hidden gems that uh we should be looking for and I'm asking him which version of Don't Give Up is better or which version of Blood of Eden is better than these live versions with Paula Cole or with uh Kate Bush or Sinead O'Connor respectively and he said, for Don't Give Up, he said, the Don't Give Up alternate version piano and B-Vox mix uh, version should be uh, seeked out. Um, he also, pardon me, sought out. Goodness gracious, call me an English teacher. Um, the Blood of Eden special mix for uh, for Vim Vendors under, until the end of the world is also really good. This is from, so this is the other thing I, we didn't really get into it, is he does a, a great, like that Scratch My Back uh, album that uh, Adele mentioned there. Uh, he does a uh, it's called scratch my back and you scratch yours uh so or i'll scratch yours so he gives a he does a bunch of covers of artists he like and then a bunch of artists do covers of songs that, that he likes and um his version of book of love by the magnetic fields is so great um and so it, it reminded me of how much i love that magnetic fields uh, 69 love songs we're about to go on a road trip to visit my family in calgary and among uh, i'm going to be adding some peter gabriel to the mix but we're definitely going to be listening to uh, magnetic field 69 love songs and if any of you out there have an affection for that incredible album that triple disc um let me know because i i plan on talking about that at some point there's just so much material that, that would probably be a, a couple episodes there magnetic field 69 love songs um yeah, other than that, yeah, this guy's had all sorts of Oscar nominations and is an important artist and remains like a, a big-time humanitarian, as we mentioned. So Peter Gabriel, if you haven't listened to him lately, make sure you do that. Uh, before I sign off, I, I, I'm not entirely sure if I will be back next week. As I said, I'm driving to Calgary to visit my family, get some much-needed family time in there. I haven't seen my my niece and nephew uh in a long time i i should say niece and nephews but most importantly like niece and nephew are still only one and a half and i've only really seen them twice so i'm really looking forward to that as well as my other nephew maxwell has really grown to love star wars and has a thousand questions about star wars so i'm really excited to hang out with him but that means i'm not entirely sure if i'll have an episode next week if we do it'll kind of be just in one off with probably with with those guys if i put something silly together but uh, my next guest, uh, which will be in two weeks for sure, my next real guest will be uh, Ken Bolter, uh, f- um, educator, uh, wrestling fa- aficionado, um, really, really cool guy. He loves Megadeth, <laughs> so his extreme list should be great. But we're not talking about any of that stuff. Uh, we are going to be talking about video games, the genre of video games for the first time here, and retro video games, obviously, because this is a look back on the texts of my youth, but we're going back even further than you can imagine in terms of retro video games, and we're going to look, be looking at the system in television. Uh, it was the first video game console uh, my family owned. My father owned it. I remember hearing they were way too expensive, even for that time. This is like early 80s. Um, so I have uh, faint memories as well as some more recent ones because there's so much YouTube out there that you can find. Um, Mr. Bolter also has a love of Intellivision, and he... he 
has much more experience and with, knows a lot more about some of the games here. And there's a bit of a kind of mini and television revival, including a new console, a new version that might be coming out or will be coming out in who knows. I mean, we'll, we'll all get to it. Uh, but I'm excited to, yeah, shift gears and talk video games with you guys. And so I will uh, look for us there. In the meantime, give us a five-star review on uh, wherever you listen to your podcast on iTunes or subscribe on uh, at Network Palm on Twitter. Um, yeah, keep uh, keep listening, guys. And uh, if you have ideas and you want to join me, yeah, let me know because <laughs> I'd love to talk with you because this has been an amazing experience and it continues. Yours, mine, and the truth. We'll see you guys soon. Okay, bye.